Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. We are recapping Community, Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2, the kickoff to Dan Harmon's return to Community. I'm Matt Rather, and with me is Mark Lee. Hi, Mark. Hey. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, we... Uh, we're uh, excited about this. We've never done a sitcom before. We've never done a, uh, any kind of half-hour show. Um, it's, uh, we, we've always done these, these super dense, uh, you know, prestige television shows. Um, though the relationship of community to prestige television is something that we, could, that we could get into because even though we're usually recapping Mad Men or Game of Thrones or, or uh, you know, Downton Abbey or things like that, I don't know why I did a, a funny voice that's not really any kind of accent for Downton Abbey, but but there you have it. Um, it's it's certainly dense. It's certainly multi-layered. It's certainly artistically, creatively ambitious. It certainly does things with the the form and kind of addresses uh, the form of the television show in a you know self-referential and kind of genre-referential way uh, a lot more. Than a lot of those other shows do, right? It's it's certainly dramaturgically a lot more adventurous than, say, Game of Thrones is. Um, so why shouldn't it be uh, deserving of the kind of scrutiny that we love on overthinking it? So we're yeah. Glad the, to the, other, the other comparison to point out, um, sort of more from the TV business and economics perspective of things, is this is not you know the sort of uh, middle of the road, lowest denominator, common denominator television that the likes that CBS typically puts out. Right. This is the sort of stuff that small numbers of people watch with a high degree of enthusiasm and, uh, you know, and who go and then write about these things on the Internet uh, at a proportion much larger than, say, like, you know, to uh, two men and a, and a child or whatever. That's two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> children, two and a half <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, sure. Sure. The like the Chuck Lorre multi-camera shows are like uh, two broke girls or or, um, you know, stuff like that. That that is maybe a little bit uh, a little bit of a, a throwback, though there are I mean I don't know I think there are a couple of interesting things happening in in some of the multi camera sitcoms that are on, but like let's not uh, let's you know let's not be too quick to elevate NBC isn't NBC the home to the blacklist right which is um, the the fact that I get all television online now is I'm I am so disconnected from what. Uh, what network anything is on? I don't even watch the little. I don't even watch the little trailer before to see what um, network the thing comes from on on Hulu. Uh, but like uh, you, you know, I, the blacklist is as as grotesque a torture porn. Uh, Minds has ever produced. Um, you know, and and worse in some ways because it's it's disingenuous about what it's doing. But uh, anyway, we've come not to talk about any of these things, but to talk about to talk about community. So um, a lot of talking about community, Mark, tends to devolve into talking about Dan Harmon. I think, right? Yeah, talking about Dan Harmon and also the cultish following of it. So I mean, we should address both of those. Maybe let's start with uh, Dan Harmon as mercurial creator. Well, I was I was going to suggest actually that we don't feed the beast on on those those sorts of things, right? Like. Um, we talk about Dan Harmon, Dan Harmon's influence on the show, the sort of corporate uh, uh, presence of sort of Sony Television, uh, who is the the production company, and uh, I think and NBC, who are the network. 
Um, and, uh, you know, people getting fired and what Dan Harmon is saying on, on uh, his podcast and, and uh, you know, which I subscribe to and listen to, like, and it's a good podcast. But, um, but I, I wonder if, if it wouldn't be useful to kind of draw a, uh, uh, you know, to draw a box around the document itself, around just the, the TV show and, and kind of not, you know, get into uh, to any of this inside baseball stuff, any of these process stories around the, the, the making of the show, except that, right, um, it's, uh, uh, as Pete used to say, Dan Harmon is in the ravioli, right? It's, you, can't, you can't sort of bracket out certain phenomena and pretend like certain other phenomena aren't there or don't affect your experience, your subjective experience, right? Because Every, the show is so self-aware and it's a constant really referencing the meta-narrative that surrounds it, right? I th- yeah, I think that makes, it, that makes it true, but I can't, you know, I don't know. I read several uh, entertainment news and, like, entertainment business news blogs, um, and, you know, even in, the, even in the sort of pop culture nerdery blogosphere, your, your AV clubs and your Ain't It Cool Newses and your Slash Films and the like, um, you know, this stuff gets, gets talked about stuff you know when I go to to watch a movie I can't I can't sort of approach it um, as a blank slate I'm thinking of instituting like a business spoiler alert uh, policy <laughs> for myself right like a film production spoiler alert spoil the plot uh, all you want I mean I think I think this sort of obsession with spoilers is that is kind of the enemy of series of uh, plot spoilers is kind of the enemy of serious criticism but but the um the the business spoilers are interesting because they they sort of supplant uh they they supplant the actual experience of of the work kind of the same way it happens in politics where sort of stories about the horse race or or process stories of various kinds um can supplant the substantive comments uh that are at issue in any given election Right. When you say that the, the business aspects supplant the actual narrative of the show itself, you say that as if it is a typically a bad thing, right? But it seems like to me in community, it has just outright embraced it, right? It is acknowledged that uh, Chevy Chase Pierce has uh, left the show on not the greatest or most sort of storytelling-wise convenient um, ways. Uh, it acknowledges that Donald Glover, um, you know, before. Um, you know, before season four, five even got on the air, it was announced that he was going to be leaving the show, and there's an explicit reference to it um, there, right? It just sort of, you know, it, it, it is in the ravioli, as you say. You know, this, this, this little chunk of, 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 of a television show in here has Dan Harmon and all of the, uh, the business machinations outside of it in it, and you just got to eat it up, right? I love, I love the, the idea of a television show as being a, a single little piece of, of ravioli, right? Yeah, one episode of television is a piece of ravioli, and then the entire season is a dish, uh, and then the entire series is a, a, a series of meals, right? As right. if I eat ravioli once a week, a dish of ravioli once a week for, well, uh, for 23 weeks in a row. That's interesting because it, it does, I mean, it does uh, raise the question of... What is the proper unit um, to to look at this in? Um, uh, Ryan Sheely and I did a podcast about Lena Dunham's show on HBO Girls um, that and on the TFT podcast uh, that was reasonably well received by that audience. When we talked about girls on uh, on the Overthinking podcast, we got more hate mail and you guys shouldn't be doing this. Guys, cool it with the girls. Um, 
<laughs> uh, right, more than we uh, had ever gotten uh, gotten before. Um, and we took the whole season. We took ten episodes, ten half-hour episodes in one chunk, and we're able to do things thematically, right? And uh, you know, I don't know, consider a larger, almost more novelistic sweep than you can do in these single episode recaps. And and honestly, I think the single episode recaps are more the um, more the uh, the result of the business model that that most of these blogs that do recaps, including overthinking it, are locked into, which is the the you know you got to feed the the beast, the page views sure. beat, right? You got to sort of do the churn, and if you have ten shows and you can do a weekly recap, well, that's ten posts a week, you know, that someone's going to come to your site and load all the banner ads and and. Uh, you know, and all of this stuff. So, so it may not be actually that dealing with dealing with these shows in the in half hour chunks is the right thing. Though we're going to do it, I think, as an experiment with with community um, this coming week. And it's it's a little we're stretched a little thin, uh, honestly. And so we're sorry if we don't sort of keep our our commitment because there's a lot of uh, a lot of good TV sort of recap worthy TV or shows that we've done before. Uh, in recaps that's coming out. So um, anyway, uh, and we're still here. We are, however many minutes in, and we're still not even in. In the, talk about some of the of the things, right? Uh, Donald Glover addresses his, or seems to address um, his upcoming departure from the show. Uh, Chevy Chase's departure from the show is um, is addressed, and I, I read some of the some of the discourse online was about the. Um, the Nicolas Cage, good or bad, uh, uh, you know, B plot in the uh, in the second episode of the season being about um, sort of Dan Harmon, jerk or not a jerk, right? Dan Harmon, good <laughs> or bad, uh, and some of the you know kind of addressing kind of addressing the um, uh, the the rush to to categorize things as as being good or bad, right? You know, win or fail. Uh, in the in in the parlance of our times, sure, um, yeah. and and the whole I, I I thought the the whole thing about minuses, you know, teachers teachers invented minuses to you know piss off students like uh, students like Annie. We all Mark, are we not all minuses to to a certain <laughs> right to a certain extent? Right, there is no truly sort of unmixed. Uh, unmixed joy in life. Everything is is trade-offs, and there's a lot um, there's a lot in life that's that's bittersweet. And the the whole point of the kind of Dan Harmon story circle distillate the kind of Dan Harmon uh, hero's journey. I'm doing I'm doing the thing because I, I've seen it drawn out as kind of a clock face, uh, as a kind of descent and um, and and rising again. Um, uh, back to the place you were and back to the person you were, but having paid a price for what you've learned uh, along the way. This emphasis on on sort of having paid a price, on being Frodo at the end of Lord of the Rings and not being able to uh, not being able to stay with the other hobbits, right? Like makes the the Dan Harmon's kind of um, kind of bittersweet, right? It's like yeah. a win. It's not a fail. It's a win minus. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that, so, that, okay. So let's use this as a, as a jumping off point to talk about, um, the overall framework of the beginning of season five, which is that after four years at Greendale, 
all the students have graduated, but none of them have been able to realize their goals. And for a variety of reasons, they find themselves coming back to Greendale uh, for reasons that we should get into. Um, but, you know, there's a sense that, like, you know, they have traveled together. Um, they come together as a, as a study group, as a family, but they paid this uh, significant cost, right, of four years out of their lives and uh, continuing um, disappointment and failure in their professional lives, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, this, as I was watching this and trying to the, the process, what is this... Uh, what is this show saying and what we're setting up for in season five is that um, it, it's it's a very mixed bag, right? I mean, there's this, there's, I, I was struck by a profound sense of sadness um, and seeing what had happened to the Greendale gang after they'd left. Um, and yet it's like they are compelled by the story, by Dan Harmon's machinations to go back to the place that, uh, that they certainly owe a lot to, you know, that has given them a lot of things, but has also let them down in so many different ways, right? Like there's this, there is a certain sense of, of being stuck at Greendale, which didn't sit quite right with me. And I wanted to get your take on that, Matt. Like, are they stuck at Greendale? Are we as an audience, are we stuck there at Greendale with them in some way that is not entirely our will or to our liking? I, I, I mean, look, I hate... Um... I'm actually a pro uh, community college. I'm pro to your yeah, college, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know. And I, I've known a lot of people who have benefited a lot from like those institutions, which are kind of more localized in communities. And I actually, you know, a lot of people have benefited from them in themselves, and a lot of people have used them that that I know have used them as a springboard onto you know some some uh, bigger brand name education stuff. Yeah, so and like, we should say that the, the show Community and the and the Greendale College is not really meant at all to be an indictment on community colleges and that sort of you know that level of education, right? It, it, Greendale is just sort of like a, a storytelling device that exists on its own and is really not meant to be a, a, a commentary on, on, on education. I don't think it is at least. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so, but it is, I mean, it is something, right? It is like, <laughs> it is I, something. <laughs> well, I, what, my point is I think we can't pretend that there aren't community colleges and that it is at least notionally uh, a, uh, you know, a community college. Sure. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so like, and, and I have to ask kind of what is, what is that saying? And you know, uh, you you put this as we were we were sort of planning this before. You put this uh, in terms of who is who is the audience of the show, or who who is it, right? Who is it directed? It it addresses a sort of uh, uh, comfortably middle class, generally highly educated demographic that has enough disposable income to like take UCB classes on the weekends. You yeah, know what I mean? who most likely didn't go to community college. They went to a four-year college. Sure. Well, at that four-year college. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also don't have also have enough privilege to not have the the, the kind of sense of stuckness, right? That that you talk about the you talk about the characters in in community having, and, and which I think they have. But let's let's also like. Um, Let's also kind of dig in, dig into that, right? Like Jeff is a is a professional. Troy and Abed are kind of like professionally twenty something, and uh, you know don't seem man to, children. Yeah, um, don't seem to have to you know uh, ha seem to maintain a, a decent standard of living without uh, having 
having jobs. Um, I don't know what the hell Brita, you know what I mean? Did I don't know how any, oh, right, right, exactly, right, right. Um, so, but is I'm sure not bartending in, in like the way, you know, the grind of, of bartending. She's sort of like, uh, she's sitcom bartending, right? I'm like, surely, surely is sitcom divorced and sitcom unemployed, right? She doesn't seem all that worried about, well, frankly, about the way, the fact that her children have been taken away from her. And, um, and her business failing was was kind of put in terms of overextension like we were we were expanding we were doing too well we were investing profits in in uh you know franchising or whatever and we got we got overextended it wasn't you know it wasn't like there were no customers you know the the door it's it wasn't kind of like the bleak economic uh picture of unemployment right there there um uh, it 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 seems to be kind of un- the actual picture of unemployment and sort of economic stuckness uh, that is current in in the 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 present economy, right? It's sort of sitcom unemployment or it's sitcom underemployment. You, you cut out for a second. You said that it is just, it is disconnected from that the actual uh, of economic hardship and unemployment. Yeah, of, of the 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 actual experience of it. It seems like uh, yeah. it seems like these these are uh, sort of as you'd expect. These are are sort of sitcom. Uh, versions versions of these things, or sort of, you get the sense that you get the sense that there is some kind of there is some kind of uh, uh, safety net there that prevents panic and despair for these. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, the, all of them are able to re-enroll at Greendale and pay the tuition. I mean, you know, we are led to whatever. That, yeah, uh, it's not an expensive place to go to college, but it's, but it's not something. free either, right? They don't pay you a salary to go there. You know what? Um, I mean, is this uh, maybe this is a, a deep and incisive commentary on student debt, right? And on the the, uh, the rising cost of education in America, and the the fact that you know a whole generation is coming out saddled with debt and entering a job market where they're not likely to be able to pay it off so, uh, readily. I mean, I think the show self-awarely acknowledges that the reasons why the students are coming back to Greendale are contrived, right? I think the phrase that we often use is that uh, it lampshades their uh, return to Greendale. Is that is that an accurate use of the phrase? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Okay, let's I mean, go, it, let's go with you're yeah. saying You're saying it kind of hangs a lantern on. It hangs, it hangs a, yeah. a lantern on, on the fact and like sort of shines a light on the idea that it's gonna, uh, you know, that look... In order to have it, in order to have a sitcom, we can't sustain too much too much change. We kind of have to return to the place that that we've been in um, before. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes in terms of you know the this sense that the students are actually there to learn things and improve their employment prospects and things like that. Uh, I don't know if, if that's going to turn out or not, but I don't think the show is you know sort of cynically saying that you know in order to have a show. We need to have these people back at Greendale. I think what it's, it's trying to say is, and is more sort of central to the message of the show, is that these are, these people are still on a journey of growth and need to learn things about themselves and about each other, and that's why they are back at Greendale, right? You know, I, I had heard an interview with Dan Harmon a few years ago. Uh, I had read it where he talked about, and here, here, you know, here am I with the meta discourse. He, he said, we called it community and not community college. Um, 
that's that's probably also a function of of the sort of practice of naming things these days. Titles can only turn people off. No one's going to watch your show because of a title, but they will not watch it uh, because of a title. And so generally, um, the the most popular shows have titles that are that are general or that don't have a ton of of information. Cheers, uh, friends. Um, you know, yeah. my home. favorite counterexample of this is that show Terriers, which is not about dogs. It was about detectives, apparently. Yes, I thought it was like a, like a very poorly uh, named television show, and that it was like it was in a way too specific, right? And about it's the a, wrong thing. It's a really good show um, uh, for the season for the season that it was on, and uh, they, they they it's actually addressed a little bit. Um, one of the characters asks in the first episode. What's the what's the name of that dog? And they're really tenacious, and they're like they're loyal, and they won't. We're kind of like those dogs, you know. But they never <laughs> actually they never say the word uh, on on camera. But it's that's it's cute. clear that yeah, it's clear that that's what's going on. Um, so yeah, and so I mean, I think I think Greendale is referenced with, with all of this. Um, he, he said uh, the show's called Community, not Community College, you know. And and so it has larger uh, a, a certain kind of educational institution, um, and uh, so uh, you know, I think what is it? Well, I, it's it's life, isn't it? I mean, it's all of us. It's it's uh, it's the modern it's modern culture. It's it's modern society, right? It's it's a sense of kind of it's a sense of disappointment. It's a sense of kind of being a simulation of the real thing, right? It's, I mean, you could say that sort of Greendale being a simulation of, of education or being a sort of poor substitute for education uh, is less a commentary on education, more commentary on, on Instagram, right? And right, the, the <laughs> idea, you know, the idea of these things being, being uh, all these kind of um, simulations of life and simulations of, of, uh, of moments. And, uh, you know, Baudrillard said we have arrived at simulation, the, the final stage of the simulacrum in which there is no kind of reference, there is no sort of single thing, there is no uh, ultimate value, uh, uh, what, what Derrida would, that escapes structurality at the center of this, this giant web uh, of, of reference, you know, and it's, it's a little, I mean, it's a little bleak, but it is um, of a piece with the Harmonian vision of life as being, uh, we return to where we are, uh, having paid a price for our, you know, uh, having paid a price for our, what, use of technology, or having paid a price for everything that was notionally in advance. Yeah, or, or having paid life. a price for uh, our, our pop culture, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about simulation and, you know, lacking any distinction between, um, you know, the, the quote-unquote real thing and then the simulation um, that we see in television shows and things like that. I mean, that's clearly what we see going on with Abed, Right. Like, he relates to his real life as a television show and is constantly pointing out the structure of community as a television show to his fellow characters and to the audience, right? Reinforcing this notion that, like, you know, what, uh, I don't know, like, how to describe this? What we see on the screen is, uh, is, is our way of, of coping with our difficulties, Dan Parman's way of coping with it. It reflects us and the show, it reflects us, the show reflects uh, the show reflects us. We reflect the show back to it, and it's sort of this like very strange relationship. Well, and it's I mean it's interesting that his breakdown in in the second episode um, takes the form of of doing a celebrity impression, right? You know, 
Um, the greatest and, and, celebrity impression in the history of celebrity impressions, right? Sure, and that's I mean that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing because that's a it's a it's a thing. You know, it's an accomplishment of performance, and Danny Pudi is like doing a great job, right? Doing that. Uh, uh, I'm a sexy cat. I'm a sexy cat. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, we, we, I, had to, I had to get that out there. Okay, that's, that's my Nick Cage. Well, that's my Katie Pooh doing Nick Cage. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm a set. I mean, what were we saying about the semi locker room and the. <laughs> and so we have a Google Hangout with uh, an overthinking it writer talking about. Uh, doing an impression of Danny Pudi playing a character, doing an impression of Nicolas Cage playing various characters throughout his, um, throughout his thing. And there isn't, right, and there isn't an answer at the center of it, good, good or bad, right? I thought that the, the um, actually, if you've read a lot of, of uh, uh, post-structuralist um, philosophy of language or literary criticism. Which I haven't. For well, yeah, but which... <laughs> but which to my shame, I have right the idea. Uh, um, the the uh, Troy and Abed's apartment with the um, the web of yarn with kind of words paperclip to it and kind of relationships um, and also kind of no nothing supporting it. It's just this kind of web that's connected to itself, uh, kind of connected to the walls, to the bounds of experience. Um, is a good. Uh, it's a good kind of diorama of the uh, the post-structuralist idea of the the construction of meaning of Derrida's idea of of difference, right? Of things that differ and defer um, uh, in their in the way that they um, in their semiosis, right? In the in the way that they come to have meaning. So uh, so you know there there is this kind of there is this kind of I guess um, this sense of of there being no there being no there there and there being kind of no no there there uh in in, in the show? well no 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 in any of us <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay that i'm with you in I'm human with you there because i'm recalling oh this is from my notes i'm recalling what abed said when he's like willing to start ready to throw away all of his dvds and shirley comes to visit the apartment um he says what he learned from all this is that people are random and pointless Right, I mean, like, like, like I want to like flag words to flash on the screen. Message, message, message. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I think there's another there's another one in the episode where Jeff draws the circle. Uh, you see, it all comes back to this. It's the story circle. Um, Jeff draws the. Hey, this is good for the audio version. I'm I'm drawing my finger in a circle on the on camera in in a YouTube hangout. Um, <laughs> right. There's a circle, and it has the truth in it. And the, everything outside of that uh, is false, right? Is is a lie. And Jeff wants to counterpropose a more sophisticated idea um, of of truth as being kind of an assertion of will, or truth is what you can manage to to uh, convince other people of. And once you're willing to kind of step outside of that circle, uh, yes, you you being in the circle sort of affords you a certain kind of protection in terms of being certain about a lot of things, but then you can play Annie against herself by, as he says, just making her argue with herself, you know, until she loses. Um, the, the function of, of assertion, uh, truth as an act of will, 
is, you know, something I think that that is interesting and is, is sort of is unique in the, in the way, uh, unique in, in television uh, for the way community talks about it. Yeah, and I think, uh, tell me if you disagree with this, but I think we see truth as an act of will embodied by Shirley, right, and her, her expressions of faith. Huh. Right? And I thought it was a really interesting uh, moment towards the end of the second episode where Shirley comes to the apartment, right, as I was mentioning before, when Abed is throwing out his DVDs in this, uh, you know, crisis moment that he has. And, uh, and Shirley and Abed uh, make this connection over how, um, you know, how, how they perceive truth, how they, you know, perceive truth through that expression of will, right? And for Shirley, it happens to be, you know, the expression of will and the you know, desire to believe in Jesus. And for uh, and for Abed, it was uh, the desire to uh, believe in, in sort of the, 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 that the truth could be found in his pop culture, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, right, he's, he is sort of a, uh, he's a good new critic, right? He's a good sort of modernist, sort of sifting, sifting through the pieces um, and trying to find the sort of ultimate, the, the ultimate myth behind it, um, as though that would provide kind of an answer. Uh, yeah, the, and then the, even though he doesn't find uh, that, that truth, you know, when he does that deep dive into Nicolas Cage, um, I, he comes out of it, I'm not quite sure, honestly, where he landed in that scene, but the pivotal scene between, between, between him and Shirley, Right, because they're clearly setting that dynamic up for uh, to, to sort of replace the Troy and Abed pairing, right? Like they are going to they're going to explore this relationship further, and so they haven't necessarily landed anywhere specifically. But I'm still not quite exactly sure, um, you know, Abed's relationship with pop culture now how it has changed because of this Nick Cage experience. No, I think we're going to have to watch it. I think we're going to have to watch it. So I, for one. Uh, and I'm am excited for that. I mean, the uh, the um, you know the uh, one of the recaps I read said that the the their impression of the show was that it was sort of less less frenetically eager to please and more more content to just sort of be itself. Uh, in in even the first couple episodes that the reviewer got to see uh, versus the um, versus all of season four, which is kind of uh, kind of referred to as the gas leak year. Uh, <laughs> Right, in, which is in, a really yeah. cute move on their part, writing yeah. off the entire season of television as a gas leak. Yep. Oh. Um, that this is that this is good. So uh, it, it's been a pleasure talking with you about it, Mark. Thanks very much for doing the recap. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this. Uh, we'll have these uh, we'll have these videos and the audio recaps as well uh, on Overthinking, and you can join us uh, there. Um, for these recaps, more recaps, and all kinds of stuff, podcasts, articles, videos, all manner uh, of media at www.overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.